I want to acknowledge the Spartans. Spartans arise. Yep. Spartans. All right. We're missing some. Yeah. So anyway, for you that I wonder what this is all about. Spartans was a it was a race, an obstacle course race of five or ten k yesterday in Calabogie, and all these guys and others that maybe had a rougher time and couldn't make it into church this morning. They finished, everyone finished, so congratulations, these burdens. <laughs> I love when, when we take on something and accomplish it, amen? Take it to the finish, and so that's what the shirts say. They say 10K finisher, 5K finisher, whatever they ended up doing, amen? Yes. Amen. amen. Yes. So they're a little beaten and bruised, but uh, they're here victorious. Yes. Amen. Children, you may go to class. <laughs> so I, um, I taught this message when we were in California ministering the last time. When was that? When we were in California? May. May. In May. We're in May. We're down and we ministered at... Uh, at um, Life Church in Avenal, California. And this is a message that, that I ministered, and uh, it hasn't left me. So when it does that sort of thing, I know I need to continue to share it again. And uh, you, can, you can never be uh, wrong with repetition when it comes to the Word of God. Right. Keep it coming, keep it going, keep it going, and so on and so forth. I've probably shared this here over the years, and it's along the theme of believer's authority, which is one of my favorite subjects in the whole Bible, is where we stand, what's our authority as believers, what we're capable of doing, what we should be doing, and so on. And so this is an element of the believer's authority that we all need to have a revelation on or an understanding, and that helps us more with our, better with our belief system. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start off in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. The creative nature of God resides in us because we're made in his image and in his likeness and it's released the same way that god does it and it's through saying words so in if you follow this along in the creation story we got in genesis 1 and 3 we have then god said and there was verse 6 then god said and it was so. Verse 9, then God said, and it was so. Verse 11, then God said, and it was so. Verse 14, then God said, and it was so. Verse 20, then God said, and verse 21, and God saw that it was good. So obviously something happened there. Verse 24, then God said, and so it was. Verse 26, and we just read, then God said, and here we are. When God said something, he did something. 
Let's look at this in John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 and 3. So it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing that was made. And so, the verbiage here in relationship to creation that we read in Genesis puts the emphasis on that the word of God was made, that made everything, and that word being Jesus, everything that was created first came out of the word or words of God. So throughout the Old Testament, we have um, God looking for a man to speak something prophetically to be his voice on the earth. And he would use prophets, priests, and kings as his spokesman. Something needed to be said and for, for something to get done. And without then man said, it wasn't happening. Mark 11, verse 23. Mark 11, verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Yes. Now, of course, this, this scripture has been made famous by Brother Hagin. Um, if you know Brother Hagin, he preached this for many, many years, decades. He preached off of this message, off this, off this word. Because his... his Mandate was to teach my people faith. So, this is how it goes. In this verse, we have four say or says, and one believe. And so, if we break it down, for assuredly I say, that is the word lego. And, it's to, and, and it may, basically is a, a verb, it's a building block type. Well, we get lego. Our, the kids play with lego, right? You're building something. You're constructing something. Right. So this is how it says. And, and whoever says, and that says word, the second says, or the first says in this word, in this uh, scripture, is the Greek verb epon, which is to command. So we're commanding something. So he said, command something. And so we're commanding something by what we say. Uh, be removed in castency and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things he says. And so it goes back to lego. Building blocks, blocks, action words that build something will be done. And he will have whatever he says. And then we're back to epo. But this one now is a past tense verb, meaning it's done. Okay. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. What you construct with your words will come to pass. Yeah. That's right. I also want you to notice in verse 23, it doesn't say he will have whatever God says. It says he will have whatever he says. It's so it says what we say. That's how faith works because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so verse 24 of Mark 11, Therefore I say to you, what, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you received them and you will have them. So verse 23 is all about saying whereas verse 24 is about praying. Both scriptures involve saying something, because when you pray, you're saying something. Now, if you say a thing, you don't have to pray about it. Mm 
Now, if you pray about something, then whatever you say afterwards needs to agree with what you prayed. I cannot tell you how many times as a pastor that I prayed the prayer of agreement with, with someone, and within a short period of time, I found out that I was the only one in agreement. <laughs> because uh, sure enough, what was agreed upon, what the other person was saying didn't agree. Afterwards, their words contradicted our prayer. It has to match. You can mess up a good prayer with an unbelieving or negative confession. You can mess up a good confession with an unbelieving prayer. It's just the way it works. Uh, let's look at a couple of stories from Exodus. I want to stay along the same vein of saying and speaking. And as the Jews came out of Egypt, they were in the desert. They ran out of water and complained to Moses that they, didn't, they were going to die of thirst. And so let's pick this up in Exodus 17, 6. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And so that's what happened. And, and out, of the, out came water from that rock that Moses did as he did what God instructed him to do. Now, a period of, t- period of time passes by. They're up against the same sort of situation or scenario here where they're needing water. And so we're going to go to Numbers uh, chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20, verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock. Well, look at that. Speak to the rock. First time, he was to strike the rock, and it did, got water. This time, he's supposed to speak to the rock. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from the, for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. Verse 9. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And in verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice. With his rod, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation of their animals drank. God said, speak to the rock. The word speak is the same word God used in Genesis 1, where it said, then God said. It's the same word. Moses didn't honor God, and he smote the rock. The rock was a representation of Lord, the Lord Jesus. We were supposed to have a then Moses said moment, not a hit the rock twice moment. But we ended up with an angry Moses. Now, you know, we we can pick on Moses for this very thing, but at this point he had had enough of these uh, Israelites that, you know, I think him and God took turns, let's let's kill them, you know. And, and, you know, God said, we'll start all over again with you, Moses. And, you know, Moses would talk him out of it, and then Moses would talk God out of killing them all. But anyway, he's pretty angry. His sister Miriam had just died as well. So he was not in a good place that way. But that doesn't stop the fact that he should have did what God said. He should have spoke to the rock, not hit the rock. For this transgression, Moses was denied entrance into the promised land. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.4. In the New Testament it says, and 
and all drank that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. This was a foreshadowing of the transition from the Old to the New Testament. It was supposed to be a demonstration of how we are to operate. So not only would it have been Moses speak to the rock, then the congregation of the Israelites would then understand the pattern is you speak to things. You say something. So what Moses did was he struck the rock Christ Jesus where God said, just speak to it. And God would have been hallowed in his sight. That holds the same for us today. We are to speak to situations and circumstances that we face every day. Matthew 12, 37. So Jesus says this, for by your words, not, not actions, that's the word logos, words, you will be justified and by your words, not thoughts, you will be condemned. The word word is used twice in this verse and it's the Greek word logos. Its primary meaning is saying or speech. So I just, want to, I just want to read this a little bit differently. I want to read it with the translation of what that logos is. So, um, uh, for by your sayings, you will be justified, and by your sayings, you will be condemned. Or you can say it this way, for by your speech, you will be justified, and by your speech, you will be condemned. Our lives are constantly maintained and under construction through the words that we speak. We are prophets of our own destiny. We are speaking spirits. Our words are creative vessels for our good or to our detriment. Justified or condemned. James 3, verse 2. The entire, actually the first three chapters of James has this, the entire subject matter is um, about speaking, about your words, about tongues, and so on. So the first three chapters of, of James is all in the same sort of uh, vein of thought. And it says, For all we, we all stumble in many things, and any, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Is this true? If I can control my mouth, I can control my body. I can control my liver. I can control my kidneys. I can control my feet. I can control my bones. I can control my pancreas. I can control my blood pressure, my eyes, my ears. You name it, you can control it with your words. You know, um, I used to be nearsighted. And, uh, but I've been saying for quite a while now, I've said, I don't need glasses to drive. And so nearsighted basic means I, I couldn't see very far off. I would need glasses to adjust for that. But I started noticing that I'd, I'd put my glasses on to drive and for other things, and it's like just wasn't comfortable. And so I stopped doing it. I stopped wearing glasses. And so the last time I was at the optometrist, I said to the optometrist, I said, I, said, I don't need glasses to drive. And this is after I had the test. And she goes, yeah, that's true. She said, I'll change that. But it's just why, because I've been saying, I don't need glasses to drive. Yeah. 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 
My eyes have improved. Yeah. I don't need glasses to drive. And so be it. Because I was speaking that out. I was saying that very thing. And that's what ended up happening. James 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. The number one way of being a doer of the word is being a speaker of the word. The number one action to your faith is speaking the word. It's basically how you got saved. You got saved by saying Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Like God at creation, we said or confessed the Lord Jesus. And we believed in our hearts, and we were recreated. We became a new creature. We had a Genesis moment. At the start of your Christian walk, you had this very thing happen. You had the faith to get saved. You said something, you spoke something out, and it happened. It changed something. It did something. It's a Genesis moment. And we did it just like God did in Genesis. What else do you have to do? Nothing. The formula works. We are imitators of God, followers of God, children of God in his image and likeness. How does God operate? God is a faith God. How does he operate and release his faith? He says, and then it happens. Right. You know, verse, uh, this is not going to be up there, uh, Mark eleven twenty two 22, says, have faith in God. The real translation for this is, have the God kind of faith. Well, it's how we release our faith. Right. It's we say something, and something happens. It's how we initiate our faith. James 3.10 says, out of, the mouth, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. What we say with our words has consequences. And I like out of, out of, the, out of two or three witnesses that I've word established, so I'm going to give you a few more scriptures here uh, regarding the subject matter. Matthew 12, 34. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks? Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how does an evil man bring forth evil treasure? Out of his heart, his mouth speaks. How does a good man bring forth good treasure? Out of his mouth, his heart speaks. Proverbs 6 and 2. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Uh, you're taken captive. You're in bondage. Psalm 143 says, David says this, set a guard over my mouth to keep watch over the doors of my lips. David said this in the 141st Psalm. This is towards, obviously, the end of his life. This is something he said. Uh, it's interesting, uh, if, if you're familiar with... Um, uh, Jesse Duplantis, and when he uh, 
he wrote the book, um, uh, what's the, is it the visitation of the... Uh, yeah, Close Encounters of the God Kind. It's when he had an experience where he went to heaven. And in his conversation, he says in the book, in his conversation with David, he said, David said to him, I wish I hadn't complained as much. <laughs> because you, you've got a lot of David, you know, crying and whining and so on and so forth, and then he'll come back, though, he'll come back to, you know, the right, say the right thing. But he, he must have realized towards the end of his life here, I've been saying things I shouldn't have been saying. You know, so David even said that, so he says, set a guard over my mouth, keep wash over the doors of my lips. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Pleasant words impart grace to your soul, that's your mind, will, and emotion, and health to your body. What are you saying to your body? I'm sure there's a lot of Spartans this morning that think, are saying, boy, am I ever sore. <laughs> but my body repairs myself, right? <laughs> Amen. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those, and those that who love it, lead its fruit of it. James tells us that the tongue is a very powerful force. It's a matter of life and death. You know, uh, we had a single mother, um, four children, that had gotten sick. Um, the children were now older, but she had gotten sick, got cancer. And uh, uh, we had... Uh, End up, she's in the hospital, she was, she was bedridden. We, we went to the hospital, Pastor Wendy and I went to the hospital to see her, to pray with her, and so on. And um, we had, um, you know, she, she, she was a good church member. She, you know, the kids were good. They were all following God. And uh, we went to pray for her. And as we were praying, and this is the first time this has happened to us, the glory of God moved into the hospital room. She was in the room all by herself. Um, actually, it was basically her deathbed, and so that's why she was by herself in the ICU. And, uh, we, and the glory of God came into that room. She climbed out of bed and danced in that glory crowd. Oh, and we, it's like, it's like one of those moments like, is this really happening? You know, what is this fog in front of me? Well, the fog was the glory, and she's dancing away. You know, and she, before that, she couldn't get out of bed. She was, I mean, she was skin and bones and, and just uh, a mess. And then uh, the, cl the glory cloud just sort of lifted. And this one, about five minutes, is that? About five minutes. And the glory cloud lifted, and she climbed back into bed. And I did her funeral about three days later. And it's like, God, what, what happened? Why, why? That was a moment to receive a healing. That was a moment, a God moment. And uh, so did the funeral, and it was, it was actually some time later. Um, her sister came to us and said, you know, she said all her life that after her oldest child graduated school, that she'd be happy to die. And she had said this, repeat this over and over. Every time there was a hard situation, she would repeat this over and over again. God could not overrule what she had been saying for years. 
even though his mercy and grace was there, to, she could have received that. But she had now convinced herself, she had now said this for so long, that it had the consequence of she got what she said. The words that we speak because we are made in the image and likeness of God have power. We need to be better understand the significance of our words, believing in our words and the effectiveness of what we say. If we want our words to be more powerful and life-changing, then we need to take our words more seriously. We need to be more selective of what we say. If we are more selective of what we say, we will be more successful. Living faith is faith that acts, and it starts by saying. James 2, verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? What do we need to do? Number one, what is the works we need to do? Number one, begin to say. Begin to say. That's the example God gave us at creation. That's the example Jesus, Jesus gave us in Mark eleven twenty three. You know, I can speak with more faith now than when I first got a hold of the revelation of the power of confession. I've been practicing. I have experience. I have, with faith and patience, obtained the promises. You know, in the Gospels, where Jesus found people that he, um, he considered who had great faith, it was because of what they had said. The woman with the issue of blood, Mark 5, 28. For she said, yeah. if only I may touch his clothes, I, may should, I should be made well. Jairus, Mark 5, 23, the latter part, says, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. It was something he said. The Syrophoenician woman, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus said, what, what do you want me to do? He wanted blind Bartimaeus to say, yeah. I want to receive my sight. And he did, and he got his sight. Yeah. Good. We are made in the image of God, and like him, we have within our scope and control and power the ability to create and the ability to destroy with our words, it's an awesome responsibility. It's an awesome privilege. You know, this sounds, it sounds too simple. Yes, God made it easy. He just wants us to act like him, function like him. I mean, the, the whole Exodus story, the Israelites in the desert, all that, would have been so much different if Moses had to follow through with what he was told to do and then the people picked up on it. Well, they would have spoke, their self, spoke themselves right into paradise, right into the promised land. Joshua 1 and 8. I'll try to wrap it up with this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Moses failed, and it's now Joshua's turn. What was the first thing he was instructed? 
from your mouth, speaking. The result being prosperity and success. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We can mold and shape our tomorrows with our words. We can change our bodies with our words. We can change our finances with our words. We can change our destiny with our words. What do you want to change? What do you need to change? Here are some, um, some confessions that I, I start my day with. Um, yeah, and I need to say this. If you take God as the example, everything that God has said has come to pass or will come to pass. It may take a while. It may seem like it's a while to us because he would have said something thousands of years ago but it's either come to pass or it's coming to pass. His words never fail him. Your words will never fail you, whether good or whether bad. They will never fail you. So I think these are some of the things I like to say. God wants to do the miraculous through me today. And this is how I start my day off. If God is for me, who can be against me? Because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. There's nothing that I'll face today that God's not already given me the victory in. These are all verse-type, Bible-type confessions. It's just I'm agreeing with the word. I'm I'm speaking it out. The favor of God surrounds me like a shield, and I have favor with everyone I meet and everything I do today. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into my bosom today. The Lord has commanded his blessings on my storehouses and all I set my hand to do. And because I love him, he has caused me to inherit substances and filling my treasuries. Now, the, the, the last one is, is quite interesting because if I consider how many times that we've been involved in inheritances, even at this part of our life, it's got to be four, five times. Four or five times we have received inheritances that, and half of them I'd say we weren't expecting. And it's like, wow though I don't care for the reason why they come. (laughs) That means somebody has passed away. They still keep coming. And it's like, wow, God, you are so good. You're so good. So you gotta understand, we grew up in a poverty uh, situation. I mean, we were were quite, there wasn't a lot. We didn't have an awful lot um, in both her family and my family. And so when we came out of that and got a hold of God and got a hold of these verses and scriptures and so on and so forth, we said, we're not going to be that way. We're going to be different. We're going to break the mold. And the the coolest thing is, it's not only happened to us, it's we passed it on to our kids. And so our kids are the same way. There's no no poverty mentality anymore. It just keeps keeps coming. Blessings keep coming. Because we believe the word. We speak the word. We say the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. I guess I have to take up offering too, right? <laughs> so in line with that, as we're, as we're taking up offering, um, we're going to say a confession. This is my seed. There it is. Okay. And, and for you to have been here for a while, you know we do this all the time. 
and it's because I believe this works. Yes. I believe the words we speak. Yes. Now you can just read this with us and don't really acknowledge it, but what you need to do is this, if you've got seed to sow, you understand the seed has got a purpose. Yes. If you give it voice, yes. give it, give it your, your, your voice and it will work for you. Yes. So this is my seed. I sow it to the kingdom of God. Seed, do what you do. Now this this be crazy to some people. They're they're looking this like they're talking to a seed. They're calling their, their you know your offering your tithes and offering seed. Yes, we are. It is legitimate. It is tangible. But your voice is more tangible. Do what you do best. Grow. I sow you to spread the gospel. I sow you to strengthen believers. I sow you to grow, multiply, and return in great supply. Harvest, I receive you. Lack, I resist you. His supply is sufficient. I walk in abundance of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there's uh, envelopes in the pews. Um, there's a, that one there. We're church.ca forward slash give, right? It's forward slash, right? Give. Okay. Pastor Jordan, be so proud I got that right. All right. The Word Care Team will be up at the front here in a second now. If you need prayer, if you want prayer, you want them to agree with you something, you want to say something to them to say, agree with me, I want to say this, say it, they'll say it with you. Amen. Amen. No matter what circumstance, situation you're facing. Amen. Did I forget anything? I forgot everything. All right, we're good. We do have some coffee at the back if you want to spend some time with us, have some fellowship. Amen? Amen. And you are a blessed people.